Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. lovelies thank you so much for joining me in my windowsill this Christmas week and I just wanted to say I appreciate you all so much I'm thinking of you those celebrating Christmas and those not doesn't matter I just hope you're having a lovely cozy December and time doing exactly what you'd like and need to be doing I have as my guest today my dear friend Lisa Congdon And it's been a minute since we chatted together here on Windowsill Chats, and so we felt it was time. And I was really curious as to Lisa's Rockefeller Center project, which we explain what that is in the interview, but I just wanted to read you a little bit from the Rockefeller Center magazine itself. And Rockefeller Center is in New York City. And for four years now, they have been doing um, a holiday map series and highlighting artists. So a little bit more about that. For the fourth installment of the artist-designed holiday map series produced by Rockefeller Center in partnership with Art Production Fund, Lisa Congdon's holiday map and murals illustrate beloved motifs of Christmas time in New York City. Artists previously featured in the series include Oliver Jeffers, Jonah Aviles, and Angela Hicks. The Channel Gardens Trumpeting Angels and a Quartet of Rockets in Red Leotards Dance Across the Page, illustrations of FAO Schwartz Stately Toy Soldiers, a stack of books from Simon & Schuster, and a holly red Lego brick help visitors find their way to holiday festivities, landmarks, and shopping spots. I love playing with color and I love Christmas, Congdon said. Getting to draw a map that was so whimsical and fun about a place so iconic, that was really, really exciting for me. With her signature hand lettering and a style that's infused with mid-century design inspiration, Congdon's map pops with cheerful bursts of saffron yellow, crisp blues, evergreens, and bubblegum pinks. When people open her holiday map or encounter her artwork in the gilded art deco halls of the campus, Congdon aspires for her artwork to spark a sense of wonder, curiosity, and joy that will encourage visitors to explore and discover all the magical places illustrated on the map. Lisa says, I hope that everyone who adventures there takes away, not just from my decorations and my map, but everything at Rockefeller Center, a sense of warmth and coziness because we all need that right now. But really, 
What starts out as a conversation all about Lisa's Rockefeller Center project turns into a more intimate deep dive into embracing one style and changing that style, how to be true to yourself, how to give yourself time to grow and play, how to manage balance, how to manage saying yes or no, and how to take time, stop and appreciate the people and the things that you care about. So as we roll on into another brand new year, Lisa and I just kind of take stock of a few things that really matter. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. Lisa, Marco. So glad. (laughs) And I love that this is dropping on Christmas week. For those of you listening, actually, holiday week here. We just wanted to send you something cozy into your inbox, into your ears, I should say. Yeah. And Christmas is like my favorite time of year. So. Mine too. I just, I love tradition. And yeah. uh, there's something about that, even though it changes every year and it, it's it's ever evolving, but it still feels really good. So yeah, I love the everyone. tradition. I love the coziness. I love music, food, all the things, trees, decorations. But I also, and I wrote about this on my Instagram this morning, I also love like getting ready for a new year. Yeah. There's something really, yeah. there's so much power in that. I really like that a lot. So here's to that. Here's to everyone who's getting ready for what the next year will bring. So I really wanted to hear, I've I've been so curious about Rockefeller Center and just that just seemed like such a heartwarming, juicy, fun project where you probably got to really play and do things that that you haven't been able to in a while. And I'm just curious about just how that whole thing came to be. Yeah. So... Oh, gosh. I want to say a year ago, August. So at this point, a year and a half ago, I got an email from the executive director of the Art Production Fund, which is a public art organization, um, nonprofit organization in New York that um, works with the Rockefeller Center to put art up at the Rockefeller Center year round. And Mm -hmm. they utilize these old windows. And so for anybody who's listening, who maybe doesn't live in the US or doesn't know what the Rockefeller Center is, it's this Mm -hmm. iconic, um, it's not even a building, it's just an iconic um, uh, stretch of blocks (laughs) in New York City and kind of um, midtown Manhattan that is got a theater. So NBC, which is like our one of the major television networks, is there. Tons of shops, restaurants. There's like this giant ice skating rink there that comes to life in the winter. They have a, they bring in this like eight, you know, between 70 and 80 foot tree every year. Um, It's really beautiful. And it was built in the 40s. And the building, well, maybe it was actually built earlier than the 40s. I want to say, I, I, I should probably do my homework before I say, <laughs> but let's just say it was built in the first half of the century. There and go. so I'm I'm pretty sure that there's all these windows, and by windows, I mean like uh, recessed, not mm-hmm. actual windows that you see through, but like windows mm-hmm. and vitrine, what they call vitrines mm-hmm. around the property that I imagine at some point held information about shows and directions and maps and things like that. Because, you know, when the building 
or the complex was built, they didn't have, um, you know, wayfinding sure. things that they have now and that we have now. And so, so there had to be places to tell people where to go, where to what go, what, what shows like were happening, what, what to do. And they're all over. And um, so the, the art production fund, they work with the Rockefeller Center and with the Tishman Family Fund, which is another source of money for this project, to kind of install public art in those vitrines and windows that are all over the complex, um, I think every month of the year. Okay, <clears throat> so it's not wow. like, I don't think there's a necessarily a different artist every month, but like mm-hmm. over the course of the year, I think a handful of artists are commissioned to put their art up. And it's a great opportunity for the artists. It's a great thing for the public who comes to the space, right? They get to see like beautiful art as they walk around. And I think for the most part, um, artists, you know, work with the organization to choose existing work and then they print it out at like large scale and put it in these windows. Mm. But for December and the first week of January, it's a commission where the work is actually created specifically for um, for this kind of installation. And so I was asked to be the 2021 artist for mm. the holidays. So exciting. Last year, it was Oliver Jeffers. Year before that, Angelica Hicks. So I think it's a relatively new program. I think I'm the, just, just the fourth artist. And so the main part of the project is a map. And so every year, the December artist creates a map of the Rockefeller Center because it's like the time of the year that the center is the most visited. And it's really, you can have fun with the map. It's really whimsical. Like they they told me like all of these certain things need to go on the map. And then here's some optional things and like give it your own breath of fresh air, like creatively, artistically. And so the very first thing I did was start creating the map and the icons for the map. Mm. And of course, it's not to scale, but things are sort of generally placed where they are in the complex. And that was actually one challenge is that like, I'm not familiar. So I was like making mistakes about, you know, the exact spot where I put things. But we worked all of that out because we were like in contact almost every day, just a back and forth about where things go on the map and like what were some of the things on the map so yeah we can put some of the images in your in your show notes but Mm -hmm. um yeah so the ice skating rink the tree um and then i got to create icons and symbols for like all kinds of different things like the lego store nice um, fao schwartz um the rockettes which are Mm -hmm. you know who usually perform um um there and uh nbc studios uh today show um the Atlas sculpture, the Prometheus sculpture, um, various restaurants um, and food trucks. Yeah. Like I could go on. So yeah. um, some of them have, some of those things have been at the Rockefeller Center. They're like, they live there year round. Some are stores and some mm-hmm. are just like holiday specific things. Yeah. So that was really fun. And then what we did was we took elements from the map and I created murals that went all over the complex in these vitrines and window displays. And so about half of them were just larger, like blown up versions of the map itself. So, you know, 
because that was like a key piece of art. And then in the other ones, I got to just have fun. And I like took elements of the map and I got to add all of these like different, I don't know, all this flair, my own flair to all of the murals, you know, Christmas decorations and things like that. So it was really, really fun. And we made some like enamel pins to sell and there's a postcard and um, it's really cool because like my Instagram handle um, is on all of the artwork, which oh, is all wow. over. It was – I've heard people go there to try to find all of them and it's been tough. But yeah. I did – the hardest part of the entire project was that um, I had to do a, a mural like uh, like literally like 30 separate windows for the concourse. Wow. And those windows. So if you imagine a concourse, it's like a long hallway with windows yeah. or window displays on either side. And so I had that was really challenging. They finally, I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to like create something to the <laughs> right scale. Help me. So they made me a template in Illustrator. And I've oh, gotten wow. really I'd never used to use Illustrator, but I've gotten really good at it in the last couple of years. And then I designed the whole concourse in Illustrator so that they could scale it correctly and oh lay it gosh. out. Yeah, it was ended up being really fun, um, but there were a few stressful moments in there because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're so, asking me to do all these windows and yeah, help me. Yeah, I know. Help. Um, and it's really, you know, I had to design stuff super high resolution um, if it wasn't going to be in vector. And it was, it was a lot of work and a lot of like back and forth and back and forth and like perfecting and all of that. But I really, in the end, I'm so happy with how it came out. I also got to do this window display. So I went there in no early November and I worked with like, oh my gosh, I want to say like 30 to 40 kids on I love that um, like collaging all of these elements that were going to go in this window display. So the, you know, it was like half of the window display was like giant cutouts of my art, the art that I had made for the map. And that was that already were like there. made like kind of like to stand up. Yeah, they had already printed those and gotten them ready. And then the kids and I um, made all of these like collaged things like snowflakes and taxis and like other elements. And they they're they're kind of a hot mess. Like they definitely look like kids made them. Like in fact. At first, we tried to have the kids go with like color schemes, like only red, only yellow paper for the taxi cab. But kids were like, no, yeah, good luck. you know, they, it's just like at our whole plans, you know, kids cannot do, do not want to be told what to do or like how to make art. So we just were like, okay, let's just go with it. And so the decorations that the kids made look really psychedelic compared to mine, but it, it all came together really well. And we actually like spent the afternoon after the event with the children and like the two folks from Kathleen and Casey from the art production fund and I and a couple other volunteers like spent the afternoon installing the window and it was and it was like a torrential down hail downpour in the middle of it and just like of course we were inside this tiny window but like it was really crazy but also super fun so what did it feel like I have a couple questions what did it feel like well, I'll start in one place and then probably work backwards to to arrive. Like, what did you see first? Where did you get out of the cab or the subway? And, and what did you see first? I actually walked there from my hotel. And I have been to the Rockefeller Center before and I'm like vaguely familiar with it. But I kind of was like, the first time I went there was actually the day before that event. And um, because I had an interview um that they were recording about, 
you know, my experience there and the inspiration for it. I think it's like an audio tour maybe that people can take or something. So I did that and I got to, I think it was 30 Rock, maybe it was 50 Rock. And I went up this elevator to this like top floor and I think it's like where um, like stars and stuff go to like hang out maybe when they're there for different reasons. It was really fancy. No one was there. So we went into this conference room, the woman who was interviewing me and like she, we did this whole recorded interview and, and then I left. And then the next day I came back. Oh, before I left that day, I like happened to walk by the skating rink and um, so I got to see that in person after having drawn it, you know? Yeah. And then when I went back the day, uh, the next day, which was the day I did the event with the kids, um, it was the day they were erecting the 79-foot tree. So oh, I got yeah. to see them put the tree Pretty up. Magical. Yeah. And then um, I never got to see the tree be lit because I had left New York by that time. Mm. And that's the whole thing. Like, think about it. Like, I got asked to do this a yeah. year before I started working on it. So I got asked in in August of 2020, 2020, I started working on it in August of 2021, and I finished at the end of October 2021. And then, so that's like a year, almost a year and a half later, and then like went to New York to actually like start to see it come to life. I didn't get to see the murals go up, but I got mm. to see the map and everything else you know, a year and a half later. So, yeah, wow. and that's just one thing people don't realize about a lot of illustration projects is that they take so long sometimes, you know, yeah. and not just books, but like some projects like you, I'm working on several brand projects right now that I've been working on for over a year that won't see the light of day until this summer. Yeah, it's just a long time to so wait. Long. Yeah, it is. And, and, and sometimes that means payment can take yep. a long time. Mindset, the people you're you know, in communication with what you can say and what you can't say, all of those things. Yeah. I have to say hush hush about so many things. Like you signed the non-disclosure agreement and you know, it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> that is intense. To, but, you're, yeah. you're carrying all sorts of yeah. exciting but news I think, that you can't share. Yeah. But I think what you're getting at was like, it must've been really exciting for me to like walk up to this space and be like, oh wow, you know, yeah, how'd my that art feel? is going to be all over this place. It felt really cool. I think it would have been even more amazing had I been able to see it. Like, mm -hmm. if I could do the trip all over again, I would have arrived the day before the event that I had there with kids and the, yeah. the window installation, and stayed through like the couple days before Thanksgiving when mm -hmm. it was when everything went up, so I could see okay. it in person. I didn't understand when I made the plane reservations and everything, like the trajectory of. Like yeah, I, I sort process. of assumed it was all there when you got no, there. No, I never saw it. So oh. I've only seen photos of it, um, okay. of the actual installation. I got to see and, the window but yeah. that I helped install, but like, and I had seen the map obviously because I had designed it, but I didn't, I'd never seen anything. So like when I got there, I got to like kind of like inhale the vibe of the yeah. Rockefeller Center, but I didn't get to see my art up okay. in person. Yeah. How long is it up? It's up until January 6th. So until if anyone's January. in New York, go see it. Um, they have maps. Um, they're handing out maps like in the lobbies. Um, and then my work is scattered all over. And so 
I wish there was a map for like how to find my work because yeah. um, it's not on the map that I drew, like where the, that stuff is. I, I almost feel like we should have had like little dots for people uh-huh. yeah. in hindsight. That might be There's, a good suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a great idea, right? So I've had people show up and then like friends actually text me and say, I'm at the Rockefeller Center. I can't find your stuff anywhere. So <laughs> that's like a little frustrating because they went all the way out there and then they couldn't find it. But I know if you go during the day, mm-hmm. you'll you're more apt to see it because a lot of it is in lobbies yeah. yeah, of some of the main kind of buildings there and in the concourse, which I think is underground. So anyway, there's it's there and people are taking a lot of photos and and sending yeah, them my it's way. It's pretty cool, really cool to 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 see some of these. Like I just searched it, I just searched the hashtag and looked for it and found some that but other people had posted, which was yeah, which was kind of fun to see. Do you know what their process was for, or like how they came to choose you? Did they say? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I think that they that they are looking for somebody whose work is like, for lack of a better word, whimsical, different person. Before me, he's a children's book illustrator, and I think they were looking for people whose work is definitely like sophisticated, but also unique and kid friendly. And colorful and like engaging, because it's very kid centric. With that, yes, ring. yes, it's one for of those sure. Family traditions, as we were mentioning, traditions to go and to see the trees, and right across the street are Macy's windows, and that's all a big um, New York kind of holiday tradition. Exactly, and I was just super excited to be chosen. You know, I don't, I don't live in New York. I've never lived in New York, and. I felt like a little bit of an imposter, but <laughs> no, no, I but, always um, feel like you have a lot of connections there. You have it's a, a big place in your heart. I do, yeah. yeah. So it was really an amazing experience, and the people that I worked with there were really fantastic and patient with me. You know, patient with my schedule because I was also working on a bajillion other things at the same time, and I was like juggling multiple deadlines, and they knew that, and they were just really, really gracious and patient. And I was like working some weekends and so were they. So it just kind of like, you know, when you're in a mad rush to finish a public art installation and I'd never done anything like this before, like there's so many things you have to think about constantly. And actually I sent the files off to the printer, which is this like big vinyl printer that they work with. And they found some mistakes in my measurements. Mm. And so I literally, we were down to the wire and I had to like drop everything I was doing and make because you're you're like, a deadline girl. I mean, you you all you you know you have your calendar well planned. So yeah, yeah. and <laughs> so I had it. turned everything in, but I had made some errors and like in the orientation a couple times of the mural, and then oh like, sure, and so I had to flip things and move things around, and I like I was just on call for like three days, and like till we yeah. finally got everything signed off on, and ended up completely working out. But yeah, phew. So <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's up. What um were they, did they give you free reign? Where did you have a lot of directions to follow? And how did that kind of play I out? I would say it was like 60% directions and 40% free reign. Like mm-hmm. I definitely was encouraged to use my own style. And that was never edited, by the way. Like mm-hmm. of that, all the wow. edits I had to make, it was never like, this looks bad or we don't like the way you drew the rockets or we don't like the way you made the tree. Like if they didn't like the way I drew something, they didn't say. Like they let me use my style and never questioned that. A couple of times I chose to draw icons. Like there was this one 
restaurant or food truck that was originally on the map and then it got taken off. So that's another thing. Like things kept changing <laughs> through the process. So I would work oh. really hard on something and then they'd be like, oh, sorry, that's not on the map anymore. Oh, great. Yeah, I know, right? But one time I made this, I, I chose to represent something as a baguette. <laughs> and they're like, we love the way you drew the baguette, but we'd actually like it to be a, a full food truck. So oh, can it. you find, here's an image of the food truck. Can you just draw the whole thing? Or like I originally drew, you know how I'm really into everything vintage. Well, yeah. I originally drew the Today Show logo as like the 1960s logo. Nice. Because I'm like, this is way cooler than the current one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, sorry, today show. Because they have to get approval from everyone at the Rockefeller Center. Everything has to be like get run through, yeah. uh, including a legal team, I think. And they're like, no, Today Show wants their current logo. So how did you change that? It wasn't that It wasn't that different. No, but I love that you tried to push that through. I know. I did. There was a few other things, but they were all completely reasonable. And a lot of the stuff that needed changing was like where things got placed. But really, for the most part, I was given free reign and I made a lot of little icons and a lot of little like embellishments for the map that had no purpose except to like make it look cute and fill out the spaces that didn't have as many icons on them. So there were some spaces that were like harder to fit everything in and then some that had like a lot of room. And so I would like try to fill them out. And then those ended up on a lot of the murals as well. I was going to say, I bet those came in handy. Yeah, I made like after. candy canes and like stars and other, you know, kind of like little like triangle formations, which I yeah. love and yeah. things like that. So, Did you have a an idea for what you wanted to do pretty much from the start or did it take you some doodling around? And It took me out? some doodling around. Like whenever I start a job that has multiple elements and I'm not told what order I need to do them in. I always start with what I know first and what's easiest. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I was like, I ha I knew I wanted to draw, draw like a toy soldier for FAO Schwartz, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. not necessarily their logo, but like, like my own version of a, it was kind of a cross between a Santa and a, and a toy soldier that, what that. I ended up drawing. So I started with that. I started with some stuff that I was like excited about drawing and like felt the easiest to me. I also like ended up putting my dog milkshake on mm. It's not on the printed version of the map because it didn't do it in time, but like it's on the blown up version of the map. There's a man walking milkshake and then like- Love that. They're also on one of the light boxes. Mm -hmm. And so I love to think that milkshake is like walking yeah. around. And they totally let me do that, which was great. I think Angelica put her dog on her maps, which gave me the idea. Anyway, yeah, it was like mostly, there was a lot of art direction in terms of what needed to mm -hmm. go on the map, but also a lot of free reign in terms of like how I drew it and, you know, how I embellished it. And, you know, I got to use my hand lettering all over the, all over it, which was super fun too. Sounds so. like they're really standing for the artist and then just the details that have to be there because you have to put them. Yeah, exactly. You know. It was like probably in terms of like creative agency, one of the loosest jobs I've ever had. Mm, wow. But I mean, not, I couldn't like invent where things went on the map and I couldn't, but like they really let me draw things the way I wanted to draw them. Like I'm really inspired by like 1950s and 60s kind of graphic design and think Mad Men, right? Mm -hmm, Mad Men mm -hmm. style, like if Mad Men was a cartoon. And that's kind of what I was going for. And they totally let me do that. But I had a lot of art direction and, a, you know, very little creative agency in terms of like where things went, of course, because it's a map. And sure. while they wanted it to not necessarily be exactly to scale and that things could be weirdly, you know, it's like the, the, the people in the ice skating rink are huge. 
<laughs> you know, and there's actually only two of them, you know, as opposed to like normal, like you'd have a bunch of people ice skating at the same time. But that's the, that's the fun of it. It's like, that's what makes it interesting and whimsical. So, you know, I had to draw an ice skating with people ice skating, but I got to do it how, how I wanted to exactly. do it in this funky oh. way. So that was cool. So what happens to everything when it comes down? Did that's a really say? good question. I have no idea. I wonder if they put it in like a archive or if when you take vinyl down, if it gets ripped up and thrown away. I really have no idea. I don't know. I could I'd put it on my car. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I want to keep these things. I don't know. I, what I do know is they also were raising money for Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. by selling an mm-hmm. NFT of the Christmas tree design oh I did. Oh, my goodness. So I did my first NFT. And to be honest, I just realized last night I don't know what it auctioned for. I have no oh, idea. Oh, I'm so curious. I, I don't necessarily think it went for much because I think they would have told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. I know. Me too. Anyway, so that happened. So there's been a few like little iterations of things. And they, like I said, they made these little like enamel pins of the of the toy soldier that I made that looks like Santa and uh, the Christmas tree that I think they're selling at some spots at the Rockefeller Center. Well, it just feels like just one of those honors or fun projects are great things to be able to, you know, know that you've done. And I just think of all the things that you've got your hands in and all the things you can talk about and can't, but just from a art, from people who might be wondering, how how does this compare to other big projects you've done for big, com- you know, for companies that are expecting certain things that you have to kind of follow along with? How, how does this compare? Well, one thing that was different about this experience is that I did it in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And at I first about I was it for like, a long time, but... well, I thought about it for a long time. Like I got, I was in contract for a long right. time, but then I didn't start the work until August and it was due in October. And while that might sound like a long time to some people, you had a lot I think to it do. was it was a it was a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of images. <laughs> and like I said earlier, I also had a lot of other stuff on my plate. So, you know, I've been working on this one big brand project, which well, I, I did method. Um, and now mm, I, I have another one which I can't say the name of who it is yet. But I've been working on that for a year. Not necessarily making the art for a year, but like details. Details and scheming and different iterate, mm-hmm. you know, different things and like this all takes time. I hope. Yeah, like most of my that. most of my client work, especially for big brands, advance time is pretty huge. There are exceptions to that. I did a big job with Amazon this year, doing all of the back to school artwork for all of their back to school like pages oh, on their right. website, and um, that job was pretty fast turnaround as well. So sometimes, you know, it is a lot of work in a very short period of time, and then it comes out like you know, two weeks later or a month later. Um, and sometimes for these big jobs, there's just a lot, a lot of time that you're waiting for the thing. And that was cool. Like I did the work and then I got to see it pretty quickly, yeah. um, which yeah. is always that really is satisfying. Rare. Yeah. But in terms of like the kind of work and the amount of work, it was very similar. There's always when you do a big job, there are some exceptions to this, but almost always there's a lot of back and forth with the art directors. Mm-hmm. Or the people running the project. And there's a lot of changes and a lot of, you have to be very patient with the process. Whereas like some things like editorial illustration, like doing an illustration for the New York Times or for a magazine, you know, magazines are 
timelines are a little bit longer, but like for newspapers, you have to turn things around in like two days mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you're done. Right. And this kind of work for this kind of these big collaborations, um, technically this wasn't a brand collaboration, but it was like a, a public art collaboration. Right. They typically take a really long time. And, and this one was actually pretty, pretty fast. So that was really satisfying for me. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it because it sure looked plus it it felt like you were able to draw things in a big way that you might not be able to do every day. Kind of kid kid like, can kid friendly. It just felt like joyful yeah, I mean, art. Anytime you are I basically was given a list of things to illustrate. Mm-hmm. And I had an extra challenge, which is that three people before me illustrated the exact almost the exact mm, same thing point. for three years in a row. Yep. And while we all have different styles, you still want to represent things differently. Right. Like right. you want the tree to look different than the tree last year. And you want what you choose to, you know, make a symbol for, for one thing, you know. So not what they that do. was sure. really challenging too. Like trying to figure out how do I make this different enough or make it, you know, Lisa enough, right? Yeah, and so yeah, that was an yeah. interesting challenge too. Like I don't draw people very often. Mm-hmm. And I had to draw the Rockettes. I had to draw the ice skaters and I draw, drew a man. And that was actually really fun, like mm. experimenting with drawing people in a certain way and um, not worrying about details and making them look completely realistic. Yeah. Um, like trying to invent a style of drawing people in my style. Like I have animals down, like I draw animals yeah. all the time and pretty much anything else, but even architecture, which right. there was a bit of on the map. But people, no. And I was really intimidated by that, but then it ended up being kind of yeah, fun. because you put your good – Put my mark on it. spin on yeah. it. You know, I think about that sometimes because, as some of you know, and Lisa knows, I have, I have a good timeline of Lisa work that I get to see every day because it's in my house. And I wonder about, you know, how – how you feel about shifting style and what what's what are those little things that make it happen and sometimes it to me it feels like well i have this project where i maybe drew this thing that i might not have otherwise but i really liked how that turned out or i see this color that i want to maybe play with or things like that and we all evolve yes i have two examples of that um well besides the one about drawing people that i just mentioned so one is um earlier this year i did uh, the pride t-shirt and a poster mm-hmm. for Madewell. And they originally, they were like, oh, you choose the color palette. It needs to have like a suggestion of rainbow, but we don't want it to be literal. So then I chose a color palette that was based on kind of my personal color mm-hmm. palette. Mm-hmm. And they're like, actually, we think we'd like it to be more softer and pastel. And I was like, well, why don't you just tell me the colors you want me to use? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they sent me this palette that was absolutely gorgeous. It's not anything I normally would have chosen. And now I have ended up adopting it as my own mm-hmm. as like an mm-hmm. alternate mm-hmm. because I had to go and make a, a poster design in that same color palette. And it was so fun. And I just think it's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful <laughs> for them because now I like love this color palette and I've used it in other work. That's another a great example. Yeah. And so another example is it's kind of a sad story, but my friend mm-hmm. Ade. He passed away in at the end of October and he was in a bike crash and I was asked to make the memorial pin for his memorial, um, which was in Chicago a few weeks ago. 
And I sat down when I had like literally three hours to make it because we found out that in order for it to get printed, the people organizing his memorial, including his family and his former, some of his studio mates um, were like, okay, Lisa, we want you to do this. But we found out from the the manufacturer that it has mm-hmm. to be in there. The design has to be ready by midnight tonight or something oh in order gosh. for them to get it to us the day of the memorial. And by the way, I went to Chicago for the memorial yeah, and it showed up that morning. Oh yeah. They, it showed up that morning. But anyways, two weeks earlier, I'm, I have to like design this thing. I'm in, I'm sh- in shock and grief. Mm-hmm. We had just, you know, it only had been a couple of days since he passed away and we were already planning his memorial. Yeah. And you were about to go to New York. Yeah. No, uh, this was, uh, yeah, you're right. I was about to go to New York. This was right before I left for New York. So anyway, I I set everything aside that I've got on my plate. I go downstairs. Um, I happen to be working from home that day. I go downstairs and sit in, in my basement in the sort of like quiet of this guest room down there where actually, Margo, you've spent some time down there. And I sat down at my iPad and I just started drawing. And I had concepted what I thought I wanted to do with his studio mate, Bailey, who was one of the organizers. And we had like hopped on a Zoom call and decided, you know, it needed to have a rose and it needed to say, we gonna be all right. Cause that's one thing he used to say. In fact, he had his own pin that said that. But anyway, so I was like, I know I'm going to try to make a letter uh, like a, I'm going to try to invent like typeface isn't the right word because it's not going to become a font, but like I'm going to invent a new style of lettering that's sort of this combination of Ade's lettering and my lettering. Now Ade has tons of styles, so I took like one of his styles and tried to combine it with like my own sensibilities and it flowed out of me like mm. so easily. I like finished the pin design in two hours, sent it off, like vectorized it, sent it off to Bailey and like we got it to the printer on time. Everybody loved it. It was great. But now I have like I love my new lettering style so much. I've been using it in a lot of my new work. So it didn't stop there. So now I'm just like plastering it everywhere. <laughs> what a and, cool thing yeah. too, that it came from that really was a collaboration, if you will, between the two of you. Exactly. I didn't want to like just do it in my traditional style, mm-hmm. which sometimes I get bored of anyway. And it kind of forced me into this different thing. Also, I needed it to be like puffy enough to sort of mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. fill the roundness of the pin. It really looked good. You can and see it on thank Instagram. You. I'll pop a picture of it on the in the show notes. Which is part of also why I didn't use my own kind of lettering, my traditional lettering, lettering style that I always use. And um, I'm doing a, a, a project now. Would it, that in, for another client that includes a ton of hand lettering and like I would say half the hand lettering in the project is this new um, because it I was working on it like right after I invented right it and I was like super happy yeah and it feels really awesome that it's like this collab this like collaboration between me and Ade yeah. after his death so uh, I love that yeah. you know it's those it's funny those things that certainly not expected I mean those are two really good examples color palette because we, we I feel like we talked about that not maybe it was just you and I sitting there talking, but about color and how it changes and trying new things. But that color palette that you use from Madewell is delicious and it, and it, and it works for them, but it also, it's, it's trend right without being trendy. And, and it's something that feels like it can move, move things forward um, and just something you can play with, which feels good. And then a day's, lettering and doing it in your way and the fact that you wear his lettering on your body with that mm-hmm. tattoo is yeah he designed a tattoo for me in case anybody's yeah. wondering yeah 
And I just it and it's those little things that we that we let in and we're inspired by that we can make our own, which is mm-hmm. you know the key part of it. That just you know it takes it it brings our experiences along with us. And I I love that you that you called those out. Oh, that's that's inspiring. Yeah, I mean they're all different ways. Like sometimes I get really caught in. And I think this is a strength and also not a weakness, but an area that I struggle with a lot. So one strength of my work is that it's become very recognizable. And part of the reason it's become recognizable is I use a lot of the same color over and Mm -hmm. over and over. I use a lot of the same lines and um, symbols and ways of drawing flowers and ways of drawing things. Like my work looks very cohesive because I've just developed this style that I use over and over and over. And it took me a while to get there. Like, believe me, like Margot and I've been friends a long time. She can tell you it hasn't always been this way. But I fell into this place and and I and I think I I sometimes rely on this very limited color palette and this very limited like um way of doing things. And I don't which is good for my brand, but also like after a while I feel like it gets boring. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I want to break out of it and I want to use new colors and I want to draw things that I've never drawn before. And so lately I've been forcing myself to try new color palettes and to add new colors to my palette. Like I never used orange ever. And I am really into like, um, this kind of rusty orange right now. And, um, it really works with other colors in my palette and, I actually think that that was as a result of it's it's part of the color palette that I used with Madewell, although, you know, I just added it to my traditional color palette. Um, I use a lot more brown now. I used to use brown all the time. Then I stopped using it for a while. Now I use it again. So, yeah, it's like this this way that I'm like I get very much into this like box, right, where I Mm -hmm. kind of do things one way and I get really comfortable and I even reuse images in different pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and lately I've been really forcing myself to expand and maybe that's cause I have more time on my hands right now. Like I'm done with all my client projects for the year and I've been drawing a lot. And the other night I, I sat down and I was like, okay, your job is to draw. I love drawing icons and symbols. And I was like, okay, Lisa, your job is to draw 20 new things mm. just in black, no color. Nice. That, for now. We can put right, color right. on them later to play with that first. are different than anything you've drawn wow, before. Good one. And I think at the end of the night, I got really tired. I had drawn maybe seven or eight things. So I still have to finish that project. And then I've got a whole new like body of source material for new things yeah. that I make. I love that. You know, I feel like any of us with deadlines and projects that are stacked on stacks, um, we we tend to go, first of all, they've hired us to do that for a reason. So you're going to use the elements and the colors that they're expecting potentially or that, that you yeah. know you're comfortable with. But to have a project that knocks you off track a little or adds something to your toolbox and to ha- give yourself a little time. Because you wrote a post recently, yesterday, the day before, which you kind of put your stake in the ground of I'm, I'm going to give myself a little bit more time. I've had to right now because because of your own bike accident, which made us all catch our breath. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's just, I think that's that I'm wondering about your 2022. You know, I know you're not taking a big sabbatical, but it sounds like you're paying attention to these things and, and that's exciting creatively and mentally and all the Yeah. Things. I think the only way that I could take a sabbatical is if I went to live somewhere else. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Nobody knows where. Yeah, or something. And like – Yeah. Had – and like didn't check my email. Because yeah. I tried to take a sabbatical in 2020 and of course pandemic happened and that threw a wrench in it. But like I just kept getting all these amazing opportunities. Cool and yeah. cool projects. And like I definitely worked less in 2020 than I did – at any other time. And part of that was pandemic and part of that was sabbatical. But, um, but I also worked more than I thought I would. So, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, then last year was like the pendulum swung in the other direction. I had an amazing year professionally, like more amazing client collaborations, uh, than, that I can, um, than I've ever, ever had before. Um, some of which are now public, some of which I haven't been able to talk about yet. Uh, like another sold out art show at my gallery. Um, uh, just started teaching, um, at PNCA. I love that. Uh, Pacific Northwest College of Art. Actually, I started that last year, but, mm-hmm. um, had my second semester. Um, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, it was a year ago. So that was, it was in fact, 2021 that I've been teaching and I just, I love all of it so much. I love doing client work. I love teaching. I love doing personal work. Like I love it all. Um, I've decided I'm burned out on making books. So I'm definitely not going to do that again for a while. But I'm not saying I'll never do it again. But yeah, I had two, actually three books come out this year. One children's book that I illustrated and two books that I wrote and illustrated. So there's an award with one of those. Yeah, I, I want my science book for kids, which is on the periodic table of the elements, won a science award and was nominated for a prestigious award, which I didn't I didn't end up winning. But that felt good. I also won an American Illustration Award um, for the piece I did for the Obama inauguration. I'm not Obama. Biden inauguration. Anyway, that is all to say. I had this amazing year. I worked a ton. It was all great. I also rode my bike more than I'd ever ridden my bike before. Like The, almost- the way you have find time for all these things is pretty I amazing. I know. It's pretty nuts. So this year to answer your question. That's all a prelude to my answer, which is, oh, and I also started a podcast this year. That's that's another <laughs> yeah. thing. So this year, I've been working with a coach for almost a year, and we've been working on me kind of developing an ideal schedule. So not just an everyday schedule, like every Monday I do this and every Monday I do that. More like every quarter I take no more work than X. Not that you can always predict how much work a certain client project is going to be or whatever, but that I take, you know, a certain amount of work, um, which is way less than I've ever, than I've taken in years. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to spend the rest of my time doing um, Y and Z, right? So Mm -hmm. like client work has been the biggest part this year. I want to scale that back. So I'll still work every day. I'll just spend, hopefully, my goal is to spend more time having a year, another year like I had in 2020 where I experiment. So back to working with ceramics, back to working with fabric. Um, I'm buying new tools like uh, here. I can show you because we're on video, but I bought this like wood um, burnisher thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can draw. They can burn um, like. Oh, I uh, can't wait to see what happens there. And like. I don't know. I just I just want to yeah. have a year of like fun and experimentation and see where that leads me, more painting, um, more drawing, maybe going back to having a sketchbook. So 
My goal this year is to still do client work. I'll never give that up. I love it so much. Um, It also pays well most of the time. At this point in my career, it does. And also affords me time to do other things. So no art shows this year, though, I don't think. Maybe a group show here or there, but um, no solo shows, no books, maybe a few client projects. I've I've signed – I've already got a – my first quarter is already full. So I've That's signed good, contracts. Then if somebody for, comes and you know how yep, much you are accepting yep, each quarter, exactly. that must and feel pretty And the second liberating. and third quarters, I've got like eight bike races. So I'm yeah. going to be traveling a lot. I for saw that cycling, schedule too. Bicycling. So I'll definitely work this summer, but I plan to not work as much. My passive income is really what has taken off in the last year as well. So I now have two full-time employees, um, a head of operations and a head of retail and product development. And together they kind of manage my whole business. And so- Are they helping manage all, I mean, you don't really, you say all these client jobs, but that takes so much just email and talking and organizing and faffing. Okay. There's a few things. Legal and- I have an agent. So- Right. Right. So that helps. He does all of that. Um, I don't deal with that at all. And I have the option to not use him on small jobs that don't pay as well. And so sometimes I do things myself. Um, and sometimes, so Erica, my new head of operations, she'll help me with that stuff. But yeah, invoicing, billing, expense tracking, budgeting. So he's, he does the bulk of that for you. And well, when but it comes so to client, much comes straight to you, comes straight to you, then you can just hand that. I exactly. Or Erica can ha- Erica handles it if it's in house, and then Amy handles. She's like the head of retail, so she handles all. She basically runs my online shop, runs all the packing and shipping. So we great. have other people who work for her to do packing and shipping, especially when it's busy. All products, product development, all that kind of stuff. So I can like go on vacation. I can do all kinds of things and still make money. I'm paying people to run my business for me. But that's just this year that you have too. Yeah. I went from being an independent artist with like a part-time employee who was Amy to in the beginning of 2020, I, I promoted her to full-time and gave her a salary. Sorry, 2021. Um, she had been working for me for several years, but she was always part-time. We moved to a bigger space. She has her own warehouse now, like which is on the other side of my studio. The studio there had happened to open up and we turned it into our fulfillment center and warehouse. And then I hired Erica in September and part-time. And she's been so amazing that I'm, I'm, I offered her a full-time job. And she starts mm. full-time in January as like basically doing all the operations for the company, um, which is basically an umbrella term for like everything that I need her to do and everything that Amy needs her to do. Like she's chief organizer. Like she's amazing at keeping things organized. And now that I'm like a business with multi, you know, income mm-hmm. streams and things like that, we need systems in place mm-hmm. to, to run all of those things efficiently. So she's helping with all of that. And um, so that gives me a lot of time. So I can make our, I can come in here and experiment Huge and help. not worry and like make money and mm-hmm. not worry about having to have my face in all of it. And I can spend my time like making stuff that then gets turned into products or services. And by services, I mean classes or sure. talks that I give that are educational. Um, I'm also starting a foundation this year with Emily McDowell, which I may have talked about with you in a previous episode, mm-hmm. but it's called the Long Table Foundation. And um, we're going to open up applications in January and there'll be two grants, one, uh, two grants, one where the person gets the money and works as 
um, with me as a mentor around either illustration and licensing, or they work with Emily, they get a grant and work with Emily around product development. And, um, and so, um, and it's for BIPOC folks. So people who are like early career, but who have a lot of promise, but need support and mentoring and connections in the world of art and design. And so and can they be anywhere in the world or do you want them local? So you can that's a really good them? question. I think, uh, I think, I think it's for us residents only, but that will be clarified on the application. So anyway, like that's another way of like, I want to also part of like my brand is giving back and raising money and yeah, being of service to others. Um, and that, is something that's really important to me. So that's something that I'm starting also. And now that I have employees, I have more time to like run a nonprofit foundation. So I feel like you've really paid attention to what you need to free up in your brain and your time for yourself to be in service to yourself, to be in service to others. So I, I yeah, I'm, 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 I spent a lot of time thinking about that, but I also have struggled to enact it in a way Mm -hmm. that like, it's easy to say, I know I need more time to myself, or I know I need more time for creative projects outside of client projects, or I know I need an employee. Like I've made a lot of progress this year in like making space for my own personal interests, AKA cycling, um, or, you know, friendships. And I've hired people to help me and I've done a really good job of delegating, but darn it, did it take me a long time? Like I've been talking about this for a really long time, haven't I, Margo? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm finally, I'm finally doing it. And I have to say, I have to think, I've been working with this coach named Nina and she's amazing. And like, it's been, it's, you know, being accountable to someone who you're paying money to, to help you like figure out what your weak points are and how to like work on them. I can't recommend it enough if you, if you can afford it because- I would always say that I was going to make these changes and then I just didn't know how to do it or I wasn't willing to give up or sacrifice the stuff that I needed to give up or sacrifice. And I'm finally doing it, I feel like. Sometimes somebody just has to give you a big, a gentle nudge or a big push. Yes. Yes. That's what coaches are for. That's right. Not so so gentle sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm putting it right in front of you. Yes. Uh, Well, my goodness, I love talking to you every chance we get. And and I knew I wanted to hear about Rockefeller Center, but I think this really turned into a super valuable. I mean, it's all valuable, but thanks yeah. for the tips and oh, the, of course. the details and the there are conversations that are so valuable. And I think it just takes sitting down and having the time to talk about it. So I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate your wanting to talk to me because as you know, I love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Especially well, to you. <laughs> here's to more of that in person yeah. in 2022. Yes. And I'm really excited that you're spending more time, or the hope is to spend more time for you. And I Yes. Hope I hope so too. Holidays are delicious. And- Thank you, Margo. Same. And happy holidays to everyone listening. Yeah, And absolutely. Get, get some rest and take a break. The other day, my cycling partner, Jody, who Margo knows because we've come to visit Margo before, she, I haven't been riding my bike because I just got it in a crash a few weeks ago. And uh, so we usually see each other like several times a week because we ride bikes together. So now we're just been texting kind of randomly like once or twice a week. And she had admitted to me a couple of days ago that she hadn't been on her bike, which for Jody is very unusual. She's like one yeah. of those people is wow. like rain or shine year round. It's like, and I was like, wow, that is your body and your mind telling you it's mm-hmm. hibernation season. It's also 
and yeah. I, we live in Portland and you know, it's yeah. the weather is Mario wet and gross right really, now. It's Pacific Northwest. It's really gross and wet and cold right now. Very yes. cold. We have had snow. And so I'm like, that's you taking care of yourself. That That's actually good. And I was like, listening to myself say that to her and realizing that like, I'm really good at giving that advice to other people, but I'm really, I have a hard time taking it myself. So let's all give each other permission to rest and not go be productive that, Lisa, for the last. Yeah, I know. <laughs> go rest and go forth and rest for at least two weeks and just really enjoy the holiday season. Absolutely. I hope you all listen and do that. And thank you for being here. And just, I adore you. And I can't wait to spend more time and talk to you again soon. Thank you, Margo. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app, and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to, and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantowstudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.